Hi, and welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I'm your host, Kate Noel. I love honest health and wellness, and I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome or welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. It is season four. We got a new intro, got a new year, and we have the first interview of season four. And I'm so thrilled about this interview. I love this interview. I get to interview. How many times can I say interview in this intro? I get to interview Natalie McMillan, who is a jewelry designer. She's an entrepreneur. She's a creative uh, here in Los Angeles. We have a lot in common, and I'm so excited for you to hear our really great interview because we talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about managing her experience managing multiple diagnoses that she has, like anxiety, depression, diabetes, ADHD, how she manages those. We talk about medication stigma, how she overcame that in her life. We talk about body image. Um, and so it's really a jam-packed episode and it was it feels so good to interview again. I've really missed interviewing. So I really enjoyed this one and I hope that you enjoy it as well. Natalie is so amazing. I'm so excited and thrilled for you to get to know her more during this episode. I'll leave all of her information in the show notes, so check it out and enjoy the episode. We have Natalie here. Um, I'm excited to talk to another fellow entrepreneur and LA neighbor. LA girlie. <laughs> LA girls, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's just start with you explaining personal story as to how you became an entrepreneur. God. Well, I think it's so funny, you know, people, and maybe you feel this way too. It's like, I never envisioned myself working for anybody my whole life. I really never thought I would work in an office or anything like that. Um, even with these other dreams I had, like, you know, we all wanted to be a vet at one point. <laughs> Definitely. (laughs) It's like I envisioned myself being the vet and like being the, you know, controlling the whole situation, I guess. And maybe that's just because I'm anxious. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So I think it just was very natural for me to fall into it. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I, I didn't even know until I was a senior in college. Um, and that's kind of when I fell into jewelry design and jewelry making. Um, and then I think just having the like entrepreneurial spirit, um, I realized I could do other things too, you know? So I started like picking up things that I really love and, um, kind of creating this job that's just things that I love, I guess. I'm very, very lucky. Yeah. That's so cool. I definitely also am with you on the entrepreneurial spirit. I don't know. How do you, do you feel really passionate about like a lot of things? Oh my God. (sighs) It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard because I, I can really, are you into human design? I I am. I'm like, I'm half ass. (laughs) I'm half ass into human design. (laughs) Yeah, same. I like know nothing about it, but I do know that I'm a manifesting generator. Me too. Me too. Okay. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people that are entrepreneurial and have like a million different interests are manifesting generators. But it is so hard because I feel like I will get really excited about something and then I'm like, oh, I want to do this and this and this and this mm-hmm. and this and this. And then I'm like, 
I can't, I don't have the bandwidth for 4 million things. Yeah. And then you somehow have 4 million things and you're like, okay. (laughs) I'm like, how did I get here? (laughs) Same every day. Um, Well, I guess like I like to think, you know, grateful that we have a lot of passions and not like no passions. Cause I know there are people out there who have none and then that's really hard too. Um, Okay. Amazing. Love it. So you fell into this and actually you worked really hard. I imagine you just fall into it and (laughs) have a business. Um, But so now you do jewelry, you do art. Mm -hmm. Fragrances, I think was one of my, like, that one was like surprising to me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I've always been the scent girl, like, Mm life everybody is always like what perfume are you wearing you know I would always mix things um love candles love home fragrances and so one day I'm like I'm gonna do a home fragrance you know very ambitious because once I started learning how to do it I'm like oh this is a lot of work oh yeah yeah um (laughs) so I actually have somebody that helps me with it um but I think I realized like, oh my God, what am I doing? I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a professional in this. I just like fragrance. You know, I feel like I can pass off as being a jewelry designer because I'm trained in it, but I don't know anything about fragrance. Um, so I thought, oh, this is going to just tank, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, it was a sleeper where all of a sudden I think my perfumes are actually the top selling thing. Wow. I have. Isn't that funny how that happens? How that, how life throws that, those curveballs, And you're like, I know. That's, that's how I feel. I do. Um, one of my things, speaking of many things, one of my things is acting and I've done a lot of commercials more so in the past, but still active today. But I feel like all the commercials I've ever booked are ones where I'm like, I know I'm not going to book this. I just know in the audition I mean, now everything on self-tape, but before COVID, it was, uh, it was in person. And I just like, I just don't feel my best. I just feel like, I don't know, just didn't feel good that day. Didn't feel good about the audition. And then I end up booking it and then I am getting renewed for it for like four years. And I'm like, okay, I know. It's so interesting. I'm like on my period and bloated. And I will never forget. I, I was on the second day of my period. I the had a, the worst. <laughs> I had a bikini like audition where I had to be in a two-piece bikini. I had to dance. And I was like, I am, I hate my life right now. I hated my life. And I booked it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like what? Well, my best friend, my best friend's an actress. And she says the exact same thing. Yeah. Like she'll tell me after an audition, she's like, that was the worst audition I've ever had in my life. And then like two days later, she's like, so I got a call back on that one audition that was like really bad. Perfect. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? The same goes for TikTok. Have you noticed that? Oh my gosh. Yes. That you just shit post that I'm like, um, nobody gives a shit I'm about, like about that. to. I know I'm like about to go to bed and I'm like, let me just post on TikTok. And then it's like, yeah. and then you wake up and it's like, it has 2 million views. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, huh? Yeah. Love, love that. Um, amazing. Okay. So you have a, a few diagnoses, right? I do. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Do you feel comfortable like elaborating oh, yeah. on how you oh, yeah. a like deal with all of them and manage all of them, and then kind of your story on on getting them and what they are? Just yeah. elaborating. Yeah. Yes. So I have been 
in this lifetime, I guess, <laughs> gotten thrown a lot of different curveballs. Um, one being type one diabetes, which was like a big shock because it's not in my family. It's not. Mm. Um, it. I didn't know anything about it really when I got it. Type one is also the. Um, it's an autoimmune disease, so it's. Uh, you can't prevent it. You can't get rid of it. Um, type two diabetes is the one that's like exercise related, and you can also um, get rid of that one. Type one is, uh, I, I like to say it's the Nick Jonas kind. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Really the only way people know. Oh, it. Nick Jonas. Oh. <laughs> Nick Jonas brand of diabetes. Um, so that is a lifelong, like everyday battle. Um, but I do think you just, it's easy to burn out, but I think you just get sort of used to it after a while. It's like, this is just my life. This is how it is. Um, and then on top of that, so I have that physically, but then mentally <laughs> I have anxiety, <laughs> depression, and a nice raging case of ADHD, which just reminded me, I did not take my medication today. Do you need to take it? Huh? Do you need to go take it? Oh, I'll take it after. Okay. Okay. I'll take right. it after. Mm-hmm. Um, it just helps me like focus. Cause I cannot focus. Um, so yeah, I think having those things, I've had them my whole life, obviously, but actually being diagnosed with them was so helpful mm-hmm. because things that didn't make sense to me finally made sense. Um, especially with anxiety and depression, you know, I think people think that anxiety is just like nervousness, you know, um, when it is not, (laughs) it's like very much not, um, obviously that's an element to it, but I always had very physical symptoms, symptoms of anxiety. My heart would race. I like couldn't breathe deep enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I had all these things. I, my mind would like make up scenarios that I knew weren't true, but my body would feel them so like physically. Um, and so I think at one point a few years ago, I just was like, I ne- I do not remember a day where I didn't feel like this. Well, like, I don't remember a single day in my existence where I didn't feel like this. So I called a, um, a psychiatrist and I made an appointment and I just, wanted to see like what my options were. Um, and she suggested going on medication and I was like kind of hesitant at first. Um, but it changed my whole life. Like I cannot believe how much, you know, I don't know if you've have you um, used any medication? I haven't used any anxiety medication. I'm super curious about talking to you more about this though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, it was like, I went on it and I started realizing like, wait, do people feel like this all, like, this is what normal people feel like (laughs) all the time. Like I, my eyes were opened to a world that I had never been in before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
I think for me, I still am very um, active with therapy and with my, you know, because pr- prior to being on medication, I did everything and I still do, you know, therapy, uh, exercise, like having a good routine, you know, eating well the whole nine. But I realized like I do absolutely everything and I still feel like this. And that so, like, feels terrible. Yes. Yes. Cause it's like, what more can I do? Like I'm doing mm-hmm. mindfulness meditation, mm-hmm. like everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm still feeling like this. Um, so I think once I got on the right medications and continued to do all those things, it has helped me so much and has expanded my world, I mean, in so many ways, but also just in terms of like my business, mm-hmm. like being an entrepreneur, um, it's, it's like night and day for me. Yeah. How, how did you manage? I mean, it sounds like it was really tough, but like being, having your own business, I can relate being self-employed on those days or those weeks or those even like months, that's been my past six months, I've been dealing with a lot of personal things that have been tough and like, it's really hard. And, and how did you manage? And I guess, how do you still manage? Like, it sounds like the medication and the mindfulness and the therapy has helped, but I mean, what is your, I always like to know what pe- some people like to just take a break and some people like to push through. So what do you feel like you usually do? Well, I, this is something I've been working on recently because I am a, like I'm an actual like workaholic. Like I have a me too. not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it's hard for me to take breaks, but I have a really good therapist right now. And we've been really working on this where it is, you know, I have to be able to, if I feel a burnout coming on, or if I'm starting to feel like a wave of depression or anxieties kind of creeping in a little bit. Um, I need to be able to kind of like take a breather mm-hmm. and like recalibrate because if I don't, then I just burn myself into the ground. Um, and so I've been trying to do that more recently. Me too. It's like yeah. having more balance. I mean, balance doesn't really exist. Right. But uh, as much as I can that, and also in a way that doesn't make me more anxious. Yeah. You know, Cause sometimes <laughs> yeah. if I'm not working, I'm more anxious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's yeah. A- <laughs> yeah. I'm doing that this month. I'm in the middle of it. Just like slowing down and yeah. it's really strange. It's a really weird, especially like on the weekends after I've slowed down and I'm usually, I feel like this, I guess that workaholic cycle, I don't really know that I'm not, I'm not trying to be that deep with it. Cause I don't really know, but I imagine for myself, at least it feels like you have to like earn your rest. You have to earn your rest, which I think is like innate in everyone. I think that's probably pretty normal, but I think it's probably elevated in people who love to work or they just like, in order to even have a, in order to even go to a coffee shop on a Sunday and like not bring your laptop I have to like earn it. It's like, okay, well, that seems like a problem. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm in the same boat. It's very much like, oh, I don't deserve to rest because I wasn't, um, 
I didn't get as much as I wanted to done today. Yeah. It's a lot of like basing self-worth on productivity, Mm -hmm. which is like a huge problem of mine that I'm very actively working on. Yeah. I love to throw some self-worth myths into people's faces and I, my own face too, you know, might as well do my own. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, if you're not productive, you don't have self-worth. It's like, whoa, that's pretty deep. Where do we get that? You know, Uh, yeah. Growing up in like capitalist America. I don't know. I know. I'm like, it does seem like looking like we are the first generation. I feel like, well, I've heard at least that kind of gives ourselves more of a choice in, in what we do and like gives ourselves the opportunity to like work for ourselves and not have such a streamlined plan for ourselves. Like I dropped out of college. Mm -hmm. I'm super lucky like you that I've lived in LA for seven years now and I've been self-employed. That's so lucky. You know, that's not something that, I mean, yes, I've worked really hard. Um, and I'm really lucky and, and privileged, but yeah, like my, I don't, I don't know any of any, anyone else that's really done that. That's older, the older generation, at least from my upbringing. Well, and that's the problem within itself too, because I feel like, and I can kind of hear it as you're describing it too. And I feel the same way where it's like, because we're choosing something that we love and we're not following in this, like, I hate my job and I just (sighs) go, I have to. And like, I, you know, provide for my family from like hating my job, whatever that it's like, you feel like, okay, if I am lucky enough to do this, then I'm going to have to work until my eyes are bleeding, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to, to mm-hmm. like, prove myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. I'm also struggling. This is like a personal struggle that I'm kind of fighting right now, but I feel like with social media, I literally just talked about this in, in a recent solo podcast I posted but I'm fighting with this concept of social media because like social media and I'm wondering if you feel the same social media and doing something that's not like, you're not like a content creator. All the, that's not ex- all who you are, but you create content. Yeah. Kind of putting yourself into a box. Do you put yourself into a box? Do you, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's tough, right? Because I, would love to never be on social media. Mm-hmm. Like I would love that. Um, but the reality is that for me at least, and maybe this is just, maybe it's limited thinking, but I don't really know how else to market at this point. Like how do you reach a broader audience, mm-hmm. especially, um, with COVID, you know, prior to COVID, it was like, you could do, you know, I would do like jewelry, like trade shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And well, that way, um, retailers, you you know, things like that. But now it's such an online world. Yeah. It's almost just like, it's part of it. And I think having a brand, which is not something I considered when I started, um, when I first started, I didn't even want my name on it. Mm. I just like be like in the background, like nobody knows who I am. Like it's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but I think just the way things have gone the past few years, it's almost necessary. Yeah. Like, it's almost a, a necessary thing. 
And it is very interesting, you know, when you have a quote unquote personal brand, which, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what, what does that really mean? That's that's how I feel too. You know, what does that mean? Um, but it, it, it's been interesting to watch like on TikTok, even like I was saying, like the, the things that you post that are like, this means fucking nothing. And I'm just posting <laughs> it in my drafts. Like sometimes those, and I'm saying nothing about my work. I'm saying nothing about my job. <laughs> Shit. And people are like, where'd you get those rings from? Where'd you get that necklace from? Oh, I really like your earrings. Like, where are those from? And then I get sales that way. Mm-hmm. It's cool. So it's really <clears throat> cool. It is really cool that you can kind of just like be yourself. And I'm not promoting my shit. <laughs> I'm talking about literally nothing. Um, and so I don't know if there's this this shift into um, things being so much more personal now. It's, yeah, that's what I was thinking when you were just talking. Like people just want to. I think people do care about, I care about more investing in like a story and the person that's behind yeah. something. Like obviously your, your jewelry and your art is beautiful and it's worth every, every penny and more, but you know, it's, it is like, if I was choosing between, you know, your jewelry where I know you and I can, can see you on social media and see your funny TikToks and whatever versus somebody, you know, Instagram ad with it, I, I don't know who is behind it. I would definitely choose yours. Right. Right. And so I do wonder if that's just the world that we're in now. And then with that, it, it there comes this need to figure out. And I've been toying with this too. I was just thinking about it today. I haven't opened TikTok since Friday. Mm-hmm. I didn't open it all weekend because I start to get anxious because I'm like, because oh, you haven't posted. Well, no, not because I haven't posted, but just because I'm like, what comments are on there? Oh, you know? okay. I yeah. mean, I, I get 99% really amazing comments. I've gotten like two that were mean, but still. Oh, they I'm, hit though. They hit. You, they think hit. They, you think they won't hit. And then for some reason, they they live in your mind. They pay rent for two weeks until they I start know. to forget. Yeah. I know. Although some of them are actually funny. Some of them that like <laughs> try to be mean. Like somebody said like, God, what was it? Something like do you like your teeth look like dentures no oh my god I love that you're laughing I'd be crying I laughed so hard that one <laughs> I was like actually crying laughing I don't know why that one got me but for the most probably because your teeth don't look like dentures and it's literally so stupid it was so dumb I was like okay um <laughs> <laughs> perfect I just feel like you know, you, you open that app and you're like, I have no idea what I'm getting into here. You know, yeah. you just don't know. I mean, same with Instagram. I don't know when I opened Instagram last, maybe it could have been Friday also. So, you know, today's Monday. So like the whole weekend, I just kind of like ignore them. And I'm like, I think that we have to figure out a way to balance the two things out. Like, yes, it's required but I also don't want to be chronically online. Like I don't want mm. to be, um, you know, having to post something every two days mm. or, or two, two things a day. Like, I don't want I was to gonna be- say, I think you're yeah, talking yeah. about 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be posting two things every single day and feeling like, oh my God, if I don't do this, like 
my career irrelevant. Is- yeah. Your right, is- right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to f- navigate that right now is sort of the phase that I'm in. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are in. I think so too. Same Part- respect. Partic- yeah. Particularly because of this whole thing, this content creation sort of thing. It's like, I don't consider myself a content creator, but then I, it's like, I guess I am like, I can't yeah. figure it out. I don't know what to call myself. Same, <laughs> so like, same idea anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm struggling with that with, with my pursuit of acting where I was just describing this um, again on a recent podcast, probably the same one where I'm like, Oh, I, I want to be an actor, but there's this elusive actor like Nicole Kidman, I don't think she has Instagram. Like, I don't, you know, there's like a, not that I'm, I'm going to be Nicole Kidman, but you know what I mean? There's this like actor, but then there's also like this new, new wave of actors who are like really on social media. And it's, and it's, I guess that's, that's, that's what I'm, I like to see that, but I guess um, it is interesting how it's just changing so many, it's changing everyone's career. I mean, you could have any career and be on social media and like your career will just be elevated so much and it's just really interesting yeah well and that was really my first I think that was why I stayed off of TikTok for so long um because I was like I'm not like what am I gonna talk about like here's how I make jewelry like I don't care like I don't you know I don't know Mm -hmm. um and then one day I was like I'm just gonna start posting shit for fun Actually, I was in a bet with my friend. We were like <laughs> each other on like who could post the most, basically. Um, and I had nothing, it had nothing to do with my job at all. And then I realized, like, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it fun. It's just like matter. fun. Yeah, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I but I do I I get what you're saying too about like, you know, this sort of like elusive more you know like a very established person Mm -hmm. doesn't tend to have social media and like I think when I think of all those people they're all people that were established pre-social media true it's so true I mean I know people who who I have a friend of mine who works in the music industry told me that apparently record labels like won't sign you unless you have a tiktok oh yeah Oh yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Like uh, modeling agencies, a lot of, Mm -hmm. a lot of actors actually, Mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, how many followers do you have on TikTok? Mm -hmm. How many followers do you have on Instagram? Because if you don't, (laughs) they're like, not going to sign you. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Let me one sec. Let me post real quick. (laughs) No, it's crazy, but it, it really is sort of this world we're in right now for better or for worse. And I think, you know, it's just a matter of figuring it out for ourselves. And I don't think anybody has it really figured out yet. I know I'm imagining in like trial and error. (laughs) Yeah. I'm imagining in five, five, 10 years, there's hopefully going to be some like college classes, high school classes. It's like navigating your mental health and social media. (laughs) Like truly that needs to be. They should have them already. They really should have them already. I know. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask you, this is diverting or this is going back a little bit, but I wanted to ask you about your resistance to medication because I hear this a lot and I feel like I would, I would feel the same way. There was a, there was a point in time where I had, I wasn't diagnosed, but I was like, I think I'm having recurring panic attacks and it felt like panic, 
disorder. And I was like, Ooh, I'm really like, luckily I, it was only about a month. And as soon as I started to pursue seeking out medication, cause I was desperate, yeah. it started to go away. Um, so that was really lucky, but I also experienced a bit of resistance and I feel like almost everyone does. And I'm wondering, why do you think that is like, tell me about your resistance and how you kind of got over that. I think for me, well, and I have it in two different categories because I have it in the like antidepressant, anti-anxiety category. And then I have like my ADHD category. So with the antidepressants, I, which also like, if your listeners don't know, it's like a lot of the time it's the same thing, like anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the same thing kind of tackles both. Um, But with that one, I think I was just, I wasn't ashamed to go on them. Uh, My mom had always said, because it it runs in our family, anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression, like very heavily runs in our family. And she always said like, you know, in the same way that like you need insulin to survive, because that's like type one, I, I have to have insulin or I'll die. She's like, a lot of people need medication for their mental illness. Like it's, you need to think of it in the same way. Um, And so I, I did think of it in that way. I think I was just like, Oh man, does this mean that I'm going to be on this for the rest of my life? Like mm-hmm. what, what does this mean, you know, for my existence? And I think also when you're at a low point or when you are particularly anxious it's hard. It's almost like adding that on and knowing that your life will change a little bit is like overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh my God, like, what if I have side effects? What if I, you know, it makes me feel worse. Like I can't handle that right now. I'm already like at the end of my rope here. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just a lot of like overwhelm and everybody that I know that has gone on medication, it's been like, there is, they have exhausted all other options. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's very, I, I don't think it's as common as, you know, like I feel kind of sad. Like I'm just going to go get medication. Like, uh, you know, I, I think there's a narrative that makes it sound like that, but I don't know anybody who has, mm. you know, gone at it that route. Um, I think for ADHD, I was much, I was way more, um, not, I guess, concerned, I guess, or, or just resistant mm-hmm. to going on anything because of the stigma. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about Adderall. I knew all I knew was that like, oh, people took this in, people would like snort this in college and then mm. stay like three days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And I knew that it was such an addictive substance, you know, people sell it as like a street drug. So when my psychiatrist was like, I really think you should try it. I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to do that. Like I'll try anything else. I don't want to go on something like that. So we tried a, an alternative one that was not a stimulant. And that was, it was like the worst two weeks of my life. Oh, it was no. And so I was like, okay, like I'll just try it. Like put me like the lowest possible dose And I just like want to see. And so I went on Adderall and 
I could not believe. I was like, okay, so basically the way that I thought Adderall was, was that like you take one and then you clean your entire house for like three solid hours until it's like sparkling. <laughs> like that was this idea I had. And for me, it's like, I feel no different other than like, I can sit here and answer emails in like a sequential order. Perfect. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's like, this is groundbreaking. I'm like, oh my God, I can like simply do one task. Like It's like the, the, you don't have 50 tabs open. Literally. Yeah. I mean, I could not. And especially with running my business, like it was so hard to get through certain days like if my ADHD was really bad a certain day like I could not get anything under control under you know nothing could get finished I was just like all over the place and so I was like god this is so stigmatized Mm -hmm. to the point where people that actually really need it aren't going on it and so and even now, like, I hate when I say like that I take, I hate saying that I take Adderall because it sounds like I take it for like some other reason other than to literally answer an email. <laughs> um, So I do think, you know, stigma around medication is another big reason people stay away from it. Yeah. I think, Which is yeah. unfortunate. And it yeah. is also unfortunate that these medications get abused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I'm just thinking like how, how important having like autonomy, like whatever your story is, if you're into medication, if you're not into medication, if you want to be, if you want to try it, if you want to ditch it, if you love it, if you don't love it, like whatever it is, however you get there, I think it's like letting people have, make their own story. Right. And like be on their own path. Yeah. Um, it seems like a lot of projection, like a lot of it projecting onto other people. And yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm really glad to hear that you found a lot of peace in your own medication journey. Like yes. that's really inspiring. It's really helped me. And and not to say, you know, like everybody needs to be on medication. Like that is yeah. not what I mean. I think everybody should be in therapy fully. Mm-hmm. I fully believe that. I'm like, I think everyone no matter who you are, what you're struggling with, like should explore therapy. Um, But I will say for me, and also if anybody wants to like DM me on Instagram or talk about this, like privately, like I have no problem with that Um, because I know how scary it is. And I know that I avoided it for a really long time. Um, And then once I kind of sorted myself out and learned, you know, the way that things could be for me without like suffering constantly. Um, it really, really helped me a lot. Yeah. Good. Okay. That's so nice. That's so sweet of you. I'm sure people will take you up on that. Cause sometimes <laughs> people just need someone to talk to. I didn't know I get it. Amazing. <laughs> um, I'll leave your in- uh, Instagram and all your socials speaking yeah, yeah. of them down below. Yeah. Um, okay. The kind of the last thing I want to talk about was, um, body image, because that's something that seems like it's been a part of your journey. Um, so can you talk more about 
about good old body image? <laughs> old body image. My God. Yeah. I mean, it was something that I struggled with. Not to say that I don't struggle with it, you know, still, I think everybody, you yeah. know, days. but I mean, growing up until I was like, I'm going to say from like 10 till I was 26, 27, I had such poor body image that it just, it crippled me a lot of the time. Like, and again, with the self-worth stuff, it's like, we trick ourselves in thinking that we're worthy of certain things based on what we look like, yeah. which is so wild, <laughs> you yeah. know, but, uh, I was definitely in that headspace. I think also growing up, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, when it was just like brutal, the like diet culture and, um, what was expected of women. Uh, and it's scary because I've seen it kind of come back recently. Um, I know. What's happening out there? Got to protect ourselves. To be, oh, seriously. And, and to be quite like honest, then it sounds like there's no way this could have kicked it off. But I honest to God think it did was the fucking Met Gala. And oh, Kim jeez, oh, And that dress. Mm-hmm. Like when I have looked back over the past few months and seeing all the, I mean, people are on these like weight loss drugs now. Um, it's like huge in LA. It's just like, it's actually like a diabetes drug and people just like get so they can't eat on it. Cause they're so sick all the time. And so people are like really thin again. And it's like, this is not good. Like mm. this is so not good. Um, and when I trace it back, I'm like, I feel like that was a jump off point where she like made it okay again, you know? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And, and it's still, yeah, like it's, it's a lot, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. Cause for a while, I think we got into the, the headspace where it's like, you would never say that on a red carpet ever. Like you have to be so out of touch to be like, I lost, you know, however many pounds in like three days to get in this dress. You would never say that. And then she said it. And I think it like made it like, okay, again, I guess to, I know what you mean. Yeah. Cause so yeah. many people are like team love yourself now, which is yes. so good. Yes. But when people, you know, and, and I, and I've been here before where I've, I have felt and I still feel like vulnerable as a woman, like you just feel vulnerable. And yeah. especially back when I was in my, you know, disordered eating days where it just was really yeah. bad. I just had no internal validation ever. So yeah. anytime I felt any like external autonomy or power, I guess it's not autonomy, but anytime I felt that external validation, I'd be like, perfect. Let me go and grab and, and run after that because that's what I need. So I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. And I think it really does affect a lot of people, even if it's like subliminally, mm -hmm. you know, to have it kind of like in the back of your mind, like, Ooh, like this is in again, you know? So I think really actively fighting against that because I'm like, I fucking refuse to have a generation of girls go through the same shit that we had to go through 
where it was like, I mean, I just think of all the different like phases of things that we went through, you know, or even when we got to the like 2012, 2014 Instagram era where it was like, you know, people were hawking like fit tea or whatever. Oh, the- that I blocked that out. <laughs> God, I mean, we've gone through it all. And I think, you know, when it gets down to it, allowing everybody to be themselves in whatever shape they are, as long as they're, you know, healthy, happy, whatever, like, mm-hmm. Leave people alone. Honestly, leave us alone. Leave them alone. Leave us alone. Just, yeah. It's kind of shocking that some, that, I mean, Kim can say that and then like become more, I mean, I I heard it was like a publicity thing. Like she knew what she was doing. And I'm like, part of me kind of like, I'm like, either she knew what she was doing and that's so destructive or she didn't know what she was doing. And I'm like, have you been living under a rock? Like what's yeah. obviously not. I know so you don't live under a rock, that. but like, wow, that is so really interesting. So either way, disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very disappointing uh, like trend to, to be watching. Um, but I do think, you know, I never thought in 1 million years that I would feel relatively like secure in myself and my body. Good. And a few years ago, I don't know, maybe it was like during the pandemic where I was just like here by myself all the time where I was like, this doesn't matter. (laughs) This like, so does not matter. You know? Yeah. What I look like, like, how does this have anything to do with my business? Like what? I'm going to sell more things if I'm skinnier. Like what? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. Really just like continuously telling myself that after a while you do start to believe it. And then you're like, oh, you know, I was actually talking to one of my friends last night and she said, I was the thinnest I've ever been during like lockdown or whatever. And she was like, and I was the least happy I've ever been. And Mm. it proved me that like my body image actually doesn't uh or not not body image but I guess the way my body looks actually you know doesn't solve all of my problems yeah I thought if I looked a certain way if I was like this thin that all my problems were gonna go away and I was gonna feel super confident and all this stuff and she's like I felt the worst I've ever felt in my life yeah because I think it's like what I say to a lot of my listeners and followers is and myself is like body our our body image problems are yes like there is absolutely thin privilege and that exists and it is about the body and it's like not about the body at all it's about what you're looking for the way you treat yourself like if you can if you can treat yourself like you would a friend it's really shocking and amazing how much better your life is, you know, just, just, you just look at the way you're treating yourself and imagine treating a friend like that. Like that friend would be out of your life. They would move across the country. They would not want to be near you. And so if you can start to treat yourself and have like a good relationship with yourself, there's just 
a world of peace that I think a lot of us have been missing for like years. Yeah. And it's so much easier said than done. Like it seems like, oh, it's easy. Like just talk, but it's like, it really takes work, but it's like, I guarantee if you work on it and you really do actively try to speak to yourself, like you're a friend and to remind yourself that like, none of that shit matters. And you know, all of that, that your life will improve and you will like, for me, I'm the same size that I was when I fucking hated myself. Mm. And I'm like, I'm great. <laughs> Things are great here. <laughs> I'm li- I, yeah, I Nothing love my different. Yeah. Nothing different. It's literally just my mind. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I've, I'm, I've never been bigger than I am now. Not that I'm, I'm still thin. Um, I have like thin privilege. I feel like I have to acknowledge that. And I weigh more now than I ever have. And I'm like, love it. I feel great. I think it's just also, like you said, like something that, I mean, this isn't, I don't want people to use this as like a coping mechanism, like addiction transference or like using productivity, but it does help when you have something else to think about. Like you said, like you have a business to run, you have a life to live, you have goals to reach. And when you realize how much like time thinking about your body and trying to figure out a goal that's never going to work and it's not working. It's like when you realize that how much time you're spending on this thing in your life, it's like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. No, seriously. I look back and I'm like the way that 90% of my thought space was taken up by what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating, what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, you know, Mm. what my body looks like, what I want it to look like. Should I do this? Should I do that? And I'm like, the way that I almost never think about it now is <laughs> the best thing that has ever happened to me. And it really just came through working on it mm-hmm. and working with my therapist, mm-hmm. you know, therapy, love therapy, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, thank you so much for being on and sharing your story and opening up and I really appreciate it. It was so so nice to get to know you. I know. Well, thank you for having me. It was so, so fun. Yay. Okay. I'll leave all your links down below. Yeah. What's up? What are you working on? Oh, right now? Oh my gosh. What am I not working on? (laughs) Um, I've got a new collection that's out right now. I'm starting another one that's going to come out in February. Um, For 2023, I think I'm doing a lot more fragrances. So I'll probably do a couple more candles, a couple more perfumes. I don't know, girl. I've got so many ideas. Hell yeah. <laughs> Constant. So who knows? Who knows what okay. is in store, but there's always Can't something to see. coming out because of, again, too many things going on in my brain at all times. Okay. Well, you're making something beautiful out of it. <laughs> something, something's Get coming. it out. Get it out. <laughs> we'll see. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.